and you know what time it is. Episode 28, NY Fly Zone. Let's get it, baby. Pack show today. We're talking about talking about you know Jamal Adams contract dispute. We talking Mac Jones versus Cam Newton. We talking Wilson Daniel Jones contract outlook. Let's get it. Episode 28. Let's get into it. Get hyped. The NY Fly Zone, a first-class podcast. It is time to be the fool. Nice intro by you, Jared. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Kind of, you know, hype up that. You know, we had some music coming out last last week. Culture Three, pretty fire. Polo G Hall of Fame, kind of mid, same old Polo G. I only like that song with Pop Smoke so far, but let's listen to it more. Sorry to all you Polo G fans. Brennan, Brennan, what are your thoughts on Polo G? No, I like Polo G. I think he's holding down Chicago pretty hard right now. I mean, Dirk's got Chicago right now, though. What's up? I said Dirk's got Chicago right now. You think Dirk over Polo? Yeah. Really? I mean, mean, Dirk is fire. I'm not going to lie, but Polo is something different. I mean, he's got a whole different sound than Mm -hmm. anyone else. I mean, honestly, I think... Dude, before Juice passed, I think Dirk would Dirk and Polo. They're they're the two ones holding on Chirac right now, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, I haven't bumped Hall of Fame though, like at all, not yet. I heard. I mean, Polo G, you know what you're gonna get from his track, La Piano. But no, definitely check it out. You know, Migo, check it out. That was song called Mahomes. You know, it's the great Patty Mahomes. Yeah, but there was no like Mahomes references, were there? There was one. It was um. Quavo goes, Huncho the Chief, gotta give it to Mahomes. Franchise tag. Yeah, so it was a play on words. It's play on words. Yeah, I like Culture 3, but you said you like Culture 2 better. Am I correct? No, I said Culture 3 is better than Culture 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. Culture 3 is better than Culture 2. I mean, it's going to take some time to settle in, but it's definitely a complete album. Like, it, it they, they did tried. a good job. Mm-hmm. There, there's a nice transition. There's nice. I mean, that one song, Justin Bieber, goes hard. There's no denying that. True. Um, on the hook. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, um, so easing into the NFL, we got yes. some breaking news here. Let's start off with Jamal Adams and his contract dispute. It, like, Jared, do you see this on the horizon? This is a I potential think, thing from happening. Yeah. No, I didn't see this coming at all, especially with the down season, you know, but apparently, you know, he's holding out this, you know, for training camp. Uh, you know, he the Jets traded him off, you know, because of issues like this, you know, not really, you know, I wouldn't say it's a huge issue, but just, you know, speaking his voice and wanting out, the Jets granted him that. And now, you know, Jamal Adams is putting a higher price on his head than what he thinks he's worth. And I just think it's the New York market he's used to that gassed him up, you know, because if he was, if Jamal Adams was on a team, like let's say the Texans or the Titans, you know, I don't think he would be praised as much as he was on the Jets. 
Yeah, you definitely make a great point here. I mean, the New York Jets shifted away blitz boy, as they like to call it, the two first. Um, and, you know, we, we fleeced them. But to talk about what this situation was, just as you said before, these are the exact personality traits that the New York Jets were trying to um, uh, take away and to, like, store away and move on from. And I think that this says a lot. Now, obviously, this could be something personally related, emotionally, like athletes don't get the time. Um, and I know that Dak Prescott was a candidate for this um, about like mental health and like athletes don't necessarily get like a majority of the say or the appreciation when it comes to these things. And if it is anything in that matter, then that is something that is relatable and understandable. Um, but when it comes to football, we know that he is a uh, he's an antsy person and he's kind of an egotistical person. And we saw yeah. this with the New York Jets. Um, Jared, if you want to continue off of that. No, yeah, he wanted out and, you know, he got a first round pick for this trade. You know, he was highly guard safety. He still is, even though he can't really cover. He's not known for his coverage. He's known for the blitz, as you said. You know, he got, got a first round pick. And we know we saw Julio Jones get traded for less than that, which is kind of crazy if you put it in that terms. But, you know, Adams is going into his, you know, fifth-year option of his rookie deal. So both teams, both sides of this, you know, the Seahawks and the Adams, want to get this done. But it's just another, like, you know, it's your fifth-year rookie contract. And it's just, I would just say play it through because, you know, yeah, last year was a down year. And you had to get some, you had to get surgery this offseason. You know, he battled several injuries that required surgery and says he had to repair. So, you know, it's not like I don't think he's going to be different, but it, you know, it could affect him, you know, how well he runs and stuff too. Yeah. I personally think that this is Jamal Adams just being Jamal Adams. Obviously, like how you said before, him not being in the Mecca in New York, uh, the centerpiece of all of, you know, the media. He's not getting those clicks that he wants, and he's still he's still desiring that bag, that contract. You know, he's going off into his fifth year, um, the last year of his of his rookie uh, franchise tag, uh, and he's seeking his bag. When he was with the New York Jets, he wanted to be paid. Now he took a pay cut to go to the Seattle Seahawks. He decided to take a gamble because he wanted success, and he's in between the two right now: success, being paid. And these are two things that he needs to make the understanding. And, and this is just buzz. Like people don't realize this. Like this is just more buzz. And this is like, if you're the Seattle Seahawks fans, you want all of them to be on the same page. You don't need this. Yeah, no, exactly. You said a pro Jamal Adams is a buzz creator. You know, you don't hear much stories out of, you know, Seattle like this, unless it's Russell Wilson, because, you know, rumors every once in a while, but, you know, Jamal Adams, making his character known in Seattle, you know, and it's just mini camp too. Um, you know, not, hopefully I don't think this is a, that big of an issue because, you know, the Seahawks are, you know, listing it as personal reasons. And, you know, that makes the fine that could be $93,000, you know, they won't find him for that reason. So it's just, you know, I think there's no bad blood. It's just a matter of money in this situation. Yeah, perhaps it's Seattle basically saying, hey, we'll get your back. Um, we understand that we get your point here. We mm -hmm. understand that you yeah. put your money will come. Um, but ultimately here, like, let's look at what he's produced. So he had nine and a half sacks. Uh, he broke the record of the sack record of DBs. 
which, you know, good job for him. But his job ideally is to guard like the numbers to numbers, the hash to hash inside the box. Like that's his job as strong safety, Jamal Adams. I mean, side next to, um, you know, you have Bobby Wagner and that nice defensive back. Um, but, you know, he struggles with this. I've witnessed this as a Jets fan. He struggles guarding like these premier talents and watching. And when it comes to man on man, like he struggles with that. Mm-hmm. And he's just we're using and basically Pete Carroll is using him as that edge presence. But that just doesn't make sense for his position. And he I think that ultimately what he's doing right now is just is just basically finding ways, more ways for him to get what he wants financially. And he did this with the New York Jets. And it's just like, I don't know if Seattle is going to catch on to it. And this kind of reminds me, you know, I kind of um, saw a resemblance of Landon Collins and Jamal Adams, you know, former strong safety for the Giants. You know, he was He's an all pro for them. And then, you know, the Giants let him walk and signs with the Washington football team. And you haven't heard much of him since. I think it's that New York market, but Jamal Adams is making himself, you know, more of the market by doing this because, you know, he deserves, he, he deserves the money. He believes he deserves it, but, you know, he'll ultimately get, and you're right, this is just you know, the Seahawks acknowledging that, hey, you'll get your bag eventually. And I'm looking at his stats here and like, Jamal, you got to start getting turnovers here. You got to start picking it up, you know, intercepting. Like he's got no picks. Two career um, interceptions. Two career interceptions and interceptions. And that to me is just like, that's not very ideal, especially for him in his position. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the thing that worries me. I think Seattle's got a lot more of issues than just like this Jamal. Like I think that they need to, like, think about it. They could have had two first-round picks, two players that they didn't have to pay for the next three to four years, yeah. potentially five years, that they could have used around the ball of Russell Wilson. It's it just – this didn't make that much sense. I mean, I guess Seattle thought that Jamal was a better player than he really was, and mm-hmm. that that's just what happens. And, um, and do you think that this is going to continue out into the regular season if Jamal doesn't get paid? No, nah, I feel like he's going to suck it up um, for the season. He wants – he's a competitor, and, you know, he's seen things like Le'Veon Bell sit out the season. But, you know, even though I feel like they're both egotistical players, Jamal Adams is smart enough to actually play on the field because the Seahawks will be a contender this year. And, you know, it is a tough situation because the Seahawks really need him if they want to compete in that West with the Rams, the Cardinals, they're going to need that presence of Jamal Adams to, you know, scare the QBs in that division. So both sides, maybe they work something out. And um, for now, I, I put, I would uh, bet on him being their game one. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you. I think that he doesn't want, I think he's already earned the bad reputation. And I remember Joe Douglas, uh, the New York Jets GM, basically literally said to him, um, kind of basically saying, don't bite the hand that feeds you. I remember he exchanged some sorts of words to him and his GM. He said, don't you, don't, you yeah, something along those lines he said to his GM, um, which is very true because at the end of the day, even though that we've seen that the NFL is kind of becoming the NBA in essence, you know, with all these players 
you know, they're sitting out and they're demanding uh, trades. Mm-hmm. You know, we see this with Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, in my belief, you know, the money is coming from the owners. And and I think Jamal and his and his brass and his crew um, are telling him to, you know, if you want to sit out for mini camp, you know, give the little nudge to Seattle and say, hey, listen, you know, I give you nine and a half sacks. Um, like I need my payday. Um, then that's fine. But when it comes to the regular season, you're right. I think I agree with you. There's there's a high demand here. Um, and Seattle needs he's not gonna go out on his teammates like that. Yeah, no, you bring a good point with Aaron Rodgers. You know, flashback to last week. What an interview by from Christian Mahogany, you know, it was a great thing to have him on. Has the inside inside uh, source with AJ Dillon, but you know. He's a good, smart man for not telling us because that would break a lot of uh, probably protocols and tampering. So smart on him. But uh, I would really be intrigued to know what that what was said. Yeah, that was very interesting. I mean, ultimately, if it were up to me inferring, uh, I would say that, you know, that silver lining was uh, was that, you know, that these rumors are true. Like, yeah, in my opinion, yeah. the way that I interpreted I just, it, that confirmed it for me, you know. You can't dispute, you know, a teammate of Rogers. But, you know, moving on to another, you know, QB situation in New England, you know, Mac Jones versus Cam Newton, um, you know, Brenny, so you didn't see it, but on my Instagram, I saw, you know, Mac Jones complete two touchdowns in uh, mini camp at Newton, same two plays overthrow the receiver. So, you know, a lot of buzzes going around. Newen even came out and said that, hey, the Patriots made the right pick. Mac Jones was the best guy available at there. You know, do you, do you think that's like Newton giving up? Or like, do you want, is it good that he said that? Or would you want to be like more competitive and more confident in his belief? Like, should he be mad that they picked him? I think that that's just good sportsmanship from Cam Newen. I mean, he he's MVP. You know, he played in a Super Bowl. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm I'm actually 100. I'm like 99 sure on this that he won a national championship. Um, so Cam Newton has had a very successful career. It just didn't work out when he was with the Carolina Panthers with Ron Rivera. He had his established team, and he had a nice run going on there. But it almost seemed as if the Carolina Panthers just had to press that reset button. And we're seeing this happen a lot of times in the NFL, like with the Jets, like with the Cardinals, like with the Dolphins. And I think that Cam Newton has a fine understanding of what this NFL is about. And I think that he just has a lot of respect for the New England dynasty or what was the New England dynasty and this vision that Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick have. And, you know, I don't think that he necessarily thought that, and maybe this was through his conversations with Bill Belichick once he first signed And once that pen touched the paper, I don't think that he thought that he was going to be the savior, the guy to lead to the promised land, someone who who just made this transition in his 30s. Um, So I think Uh, that's a good point, Belichick, because, um, you know, Cam's I think it was a smart, safe answer for Cam with what he said, because, you know, he's been in the spotlight so many times for, you know, what he said. And, you know, just like, you know, he's another one of those egotistical players in the NFL over the past couple of years. So, you know, saying that he's trying to, you know, be that Patriot way player. But, you know, what you said, I think, reigns true that he wasn't signed to be the savior for the Patriots. Mac Jones, I think Newton knows, 
is the future for the Patriots. And, you know, I would have personally, you know, if I'm a Patriots fan, I would have personally loved to see Newton, knowing his personality, come out and be like, you know, I fully like supposed to be QB1. You know, I'm glad to mentor Jones, but this is my team right now. And if he wins the job, he wins the job. But, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win this job. And But, I mean, I don't think Newton thinks it's even a, a, a fight right now for the job. That's the thing. So, but if I'm Newton, I, I want to be – I want a strong answer from him that he's the QB of this team because he's the former MVP, former national champion. And, you know, bounce back season, the Patriots go 10-7, and 11-6 under Cam – that would give more money in his pockets. Yeah, it was very interesting to see Bill Belichick go and make the splash and sign Cam Newton. And I personally think that the reason why he did that was because this, for the first time in a long time, you know, Bill Bel- we saw Bill Belichick as the GM of the New England Patriots get impulsive. Usually this man doesn't show emotion usually this man doesn't show pain sorrow or or anything insecurity but going out and signing cam noon i think that that's what that indicates and that came through tom brady his you know his his right hand man and all the endeavors that they both cherished together all the six super bowls seeing him leave and go foster his new home with the tampa bay bucks i think that that was just that was just Wake up call. Yeah. And that you know, was why he I bet Bill was low key on hot seat, you know. Uh once the Patriots owner and oh Crafts was probably, you know, saw Brady go off and realize, you know, maybe it was more Brady than Belichick for these past couple past, you know, twenty years or so, nineteen years. So, you know, he's probably went out and challenged Belichick, hey, put a winning team together. Show me what you got left in you, you know. So I feel like that's why he went out and splurged this offseason. You know, the Patriots had a really good offseason, you know, signed Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar, you know, guys that, you know, have potential and are definitely upgrades over what they've been rolling out the past two seasons of offense. So, you know, it's a completely new Patriot, you know, look, this offense is, you know, something you would not think of, you know, two years ago. Like, imagine thinking the Patriots are going to have Newton at QB, Aguilar, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith. It's just a bunch of new faces. So I think Belichick was, you know, challenged by Kraft in this offseason. Yeah, and this year was the first time since 2002 since the New England Patriots have not reached the postseason. So it was definitely a harsh reality for this New England team and hence why, you know, Bill Belichick made all of these moves and going back to our original conversation about Cam Newton and Mac Jones. I mean, Cam Newton, just professional act on his, on his part. Um, he knew that, like we said before, that he wasn't here. He was here for a good time, not a long time necessarily. And if you look at his stats from, from last year, I believe he chalked up eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So it definitely was not, the best performance on his end. And I know that we had your friend Tim on the show and he kind of vouched for Cam. And, and, you know, I definitely saw what he was talking about with how he flashed in some instances. He didn't have, um, he didn't have much to work with either last, last season. So, and then, 
And then yeah. now the Pats are going to lose Julian Edelman. Like, listen, like I'm not trying to get too biased here. I understand the Pat, the Patriots will be the Patriots and I understand success and I recognize success, but I, I'm going to say right now that the New York Jets wide receiving core is better than the Patriots right now. Like, like they have some issues <sighs> with their wide receiving core. Like, yeah, like, so I see that Cam Newton. We both agree he's going to start week one, right? Yeah. Week one, Cam Newton pencil, pencil him in. We're going to have he, – he got the contract. He got the extension. There's no doubt that he will be there. But when is Mac Jones going to trot on the field? I honestly think Mac Jones trots out in 2022, you know. Next season, I think what the Patriots are going to do is roll out Cam, see what he has around week six, week seven, realize, you know, they're not doing so hot. And instead of, you know – Putting in Mac Jones, which I think, you know, yeah, he's Mac Jones is more of, you know, a guy you wanted to sit on the bench for a year, in my opinion. And I think the Patriots want to go as soon as they start losing, we should go in full tank mode. They haven't admitted to that yet, but, you know, I think they should just roll out Cam. I think that we maybe week three is the earliest against the saints. And this is just solely because new England bought, like they literally signed and drafted their quarterback in Mac Jones. And Mac Jones is capable of this. And I know that Bill Belichick didn't just do this because he was the best wide, or I'm sorry, the best quarterback off the board. He did this be through his connections with Nick Saban. And I think that they were networking very tightly together. I think that this might have been all part of the plan. And I understand that a lot of people are high on Mac Jones. Some people aren't, but some people are. And I definitely do think that Mac Jones will be capable as being a placeholder this year. And I think that through this system, he can thrive and prosper. Um, I think it's interesting that you bring up the point that, you know, Mac Jones is going to be sitting on the bench that he doesn't want you know, Coach Sala or Flores or or um, the Bills head coach to, McDermott. you know, trauma, yeah, McDermott to traumatize him and that they want to just, like, hold back. Like, they invested money into Cam Newton. Like, I get where you're coming from. But ultimately, I think it all depends on Cam's performance here. Well, do you think, you know, I think Cam Newton's a better QB than Mac Jones. And I don't think that's going to change next season, per se. You know, Ken Newton still has the ability to run. And when he's on, he's on. And I think he's going to have a much better season with more targets. You know, Hunter Henry is that Greg Olson role he had in Carolina. And, you know, he's going to have Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, way better than, you know, Gunnar Elizewski and, you know, an injured Julian Edelman. So, if Newton has, you know, if he wants to, you know, like he said, he was the right pick. You know, I didn't see that fire in him. But if he wants to and has that fire, I could see him, you know, trying his hardest to stay in the National Football League because this is his make it or break it season too. You know, he got a pass last year because the Patriots didn't have weapons and, you know, COVID and all that stuff. So this is honestly Cam's make it or break it season. And I, I don't think he wants to be on the bench. So 
you know, he wants to get paid still. Yeah, and I think ultimately Mac Jones will be put on the field because and it's gonna happen through Cam's mistakes. I mean, he he had a better team, in my opinion. I think he had a better team around him offensively last year than he does now, Cam Newton. Really? And yeah, no, yeah, because they had Julian Edelman. And I, I don't think Nelson Aguilar, Nikila Harry, a first round pick that hasn't produced or done anything for this team. Um, like I think that this like the, the roster throughout the Patriots, I think that they were coming off of like a, a playoff team with Tom Brady. And now this is a whole sense of culture. I mean, like you take Nelson Aguilar, you take him from what Philadelphia? Where did he come from? Philadelphia? He was on the Raiders. Raiders. Well, he came from Philly, then he went to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So I mean, ultimately, like I think that through Cam Newton's like errors, I think that um, Bill Belichick is going to put Mac Jones on the field. Like I think that that's going to be the the result. And it's my hey, this is my young gun. He's going to be tempted to obviously. But I still think Newton is going to go out there and ball. I, you know, I've always been a Cam believer. I've given him a lot of excuses over the past years. You know, he's hurt last year, bad team. He got COVID himself. So, you know, this is the last draw for Cam. If he starts 0-3, I see your point. If he starts, you know, 2-1, and he starts 5-3, and then – I see it more of my way of Newton starting the whole year and Jones, you know, sitting out because, you know, Mahomes sat out for a year. Look how that turned out. Not saying Jones and Mahomes, but clearly it's a philosophy of holding your young QB and letting him just get experience for a season. What, but when was the last time we saw someone, a quarterback within the top 15 picks sit out their rookie season? I feel like that's just an old myth that has happened a long time ago. Because, like, if you look at the young studs, Joe Burrow started week one. If you look at – I mean, obviously, he's not anything – They had no other option, the Bengals. You know, Lamar Jackson, he he was a later pick in the first round. But they had Joe Flacco, who's not elite. Um, Daniel Jones, Eli Manning was there. You know, the Patriots, Cam Newton's there. You know, the Jets, they have no one right now. They're even talking about – potentially even trading for Nick Foles to be that veteran presence. So, you know, but Zach Wilson's the only guy there right now. So he's yes. bound, he's penciled to start in right now. Yeah, but time is valuable. Like, you don't want to feed your quarterback to the Wolves um, their second year in the NFL. I mean, like, this is like a Peyton Manning trick that happened. That the, You know what I'm saying? Like, sitting your, your quarterback the first year. Um, I, I think Bill Belichick is – is smarter than that. I think that he needs his rookie quarterback in which that they invested in to get these reps. I think that it's crucial for him to understand schemes, blitzes, and different types of NFL defenses his rookie year coming into the NFL. And and I know that Bill doesn't think that Cam's the future. Oh, yeah, I don't think Cam's the future either, you know, but I think Cam thinks he could have a future somewhere else. So that's why I think he will perform better than he has the past two seasons just to prove himself, prove his worth, prove his value, and win the Patriots some games. And, you know, successful season for Cam would be to bring the Patriots to 500 again. No one expects 
you know, them to do that well with the Dolphins and the Bills there and the Jets rising up. So, and the Patriots are refusing to go in full tank mode. So, a success for the Patriots this season would go, you know, seven, eight, or what is it now? Seven and nine. No, it would be seven and 10 or eight and nine because the 17th game. So, that would be a success for the Patriots. And even if Mac Jones comes out, like it's like this is a scary thing about Mac Jones. Like, he never had like, like he played on the best team in, in the, in the world at his level. Like he had Devonta Smith, right. Who went in the top 10 or outside top 10. And then you got you. I mean, eventually he played with rugs. He played with Waddle. He had Najee Harris. Like this is some serious cream of the crop players, like all first round players that he is swarmed with and surrounded with. And then like, you, like, like I said before, if you look at the Patriots roster, like it doesn't cut it in my opinion. I mean, Nelson Aguilar and then um, like the, all these players that he would have around him, um, Nikhil Harry, like these are different players than he's ever been around. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, get a good point. You know, overall, do, do you see the Patriots doing anything next season? Look, I don't want to throw shade on the Pats, man, because they, they, they. You, you are allowed to, as a Jets fan, having having suffered the past how many years against Patriots? Twenty, my whole life. Your whole life, you're allowed to shit on them for being a bad team right now. All right, listen. All I'm gonna say is is that, and this is for all you Pats fans out there listening. Um, all I'm gonna say is is that the Jets and the Pats are competing for three. All right, so they are. number one is Buffalo. Number two is Miami. There's no denying that. I don't think Patriots fans think that they're going to beat Miami. I mean, yeah. even when Brady was at the helm, prime Brady, even with Adam Gase, Adam Gase beat, beat, beat the Patriots mm-hmm. as the Miami head coach. The Dolphins, I mean, the, the Patriots historically struggle against the Dolphins when they're out in Florida and Miami for whatever reason that may be. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is, is that the New York Jets and the New England Patriots are competing for spot number three in this division. Does that mean the seventh uh, the seventh seed? I don't know. I'm not going to shoot that don't high. Think so. don't I don't think so. think so either. And I think that the Patriots have a better chance in achieving that than the New York Jets. But what I will say is, is that I don't necessarily like the Patriots' vision. I mean, they let their GOAT, the GOAT, Tom Brady walk and leave, right? He goes off, mm-hmm. wins a ring. And going on these little splurges and these – uh, splashes in free agency, dumping all of your money out to just acquire people for relevancy. That doesn't work. I mean, look at what the New York Jets did with Mike McCagnan. Like we literally went out and, and maxed out CJ Mosley and he's played two games across the, the three years that he was with us. You know, we, we did all of these um, making these splashes. Like we tried bringing back to Rivas, Antonio Cromartie. Um, and like, ultimately that doesn't work. You need to trade back, get capital, get longevity, get assets. I mean, I don't really see that with the New England Patriots, to be honest with you. So when it comes to this year, I think that the Jets are coming closer than ever um, to at least get a win on them or at least go, mm-hmm. uh, you know, split. And that's just through the energy and the culture change that I'm seeing with Coach Sala and the stuff that we've done. You know, we've gotten a quarterback. We've built a wall around him so far. Mekhi Becton, Elijah Bear Tucker. Hell, this New York Jets team with Joe Flacco at the helm nearly beat them. So that's all I got to say. Um, it's, say. It's, it's closer than, than it's ever been for the New York Jets to give this New England team trouble. 
will say, and you know, speaking of those Jets, you know, real quick, what's a realistic season for Zach Wilson for you? A realistic season. I like that question. So recently we did a poll and I believe that it was over under 3,200 yards. Um, and the favorite there was the under. Um, and I understand that because 3,200 yards can be overwhelming. Now, one thing I want to say is, is that Sam Darnold with a lack of, um, with a lack of supporting cast around him was able to achieve that. Um, so I'm going to say the over uh, on that. I think that with our position and where we're at, um, we have such a better team. We have a better offensive play calling. We have a better coach. We have a better left tackle, better left guard, better center, better right guard, better right tackle. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, I think that people start got to respecting our receiving core. If you look at what we have, we have Denzel Mims. Now I know he had a quiet year, but now we actually have a legitimate head coach, um, to dial up some plays for him. Um, and then we also got Elijah Moore, who has been absolutely killing it in training camp. Um, and if you guys haven't heard that name, Elijah Moore, I'm sure you're going to hear it on Sundays because he he's from Old Miss. He's a burner. He's a great route runner and he's got hands and um, we got Keelan Cole. And then we got Corey Davis, who PFF ranked Sleeper. as a top eight receiver ahead of Julio Jones. So, underrated, underrated. so, I mean, you look at what he's surrounded with um, Jamison Crowder, and we'll get into that in a little bit, how we re-signed him. One of the best slot receivers in this league. Um, one of the most slept on slot receivers in this league. The New York Jets did not fail Zach Wilson on paper going into his rookie year. I, I can tell you that much. Um, and Tevin Coleman in the backfield and alongside with um, Michael Carter, UNC. I mean, we had Christian Mahogany come on the show and he literally played a game against um, Michael Carter's. He was announced the player of the, of the game, the game player against Boston College. He witnessed this man go out there and just violate people. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for this team. I'm very excited for what, um, Zach Wilson has to offer because of his arm adjustments, his ability to run around, um, and make plays scramble. Um, he's not a thinker. And this is what scouts are saying. He's not a thinker. Sam Darnold was a thinker. If you want to be good in the NFL, it has to be instinct. It has to be in your blood. And these are some of the things on film that Zach Wilson's able to do. So I'm going to say the over, I'm not going to say that that's, you know, by a milestone, maybe just shaving 3,200. Jared, what do you think? Yeah, I was thinking around the lines of, uh, I was thinking maybe just under 3,000 passing yards, but, you know, a substantial amount of rushing yards. He's that, you know, dual threat type of player. So, you know, I feel like he's going to get down on the ground as well. Um, he does have better targets than Sam Darnold, you know, great point. And Darnold did pull up a 3,000-yard season in 2019 with, you know, a lesser amount of talent and with Adam Gase. So it is in the pot realm of possibility. But Zach Wilson is still a rookie. He's going to go up against that Bills defense, that Dolphins defense. So it's going to be tough for him. That's why I'm not giving him that over 3,200 mark yet. And so another thing that we had on the polls, we had, I believe it was uh, over under, what was it, 23 touchdowns? Something like that, yeah. And uh, I would – I would say it under, you know, Donald's never reached 20 touchdowns in a season. I would say he hovers at 18, 17 touchdowns. Yeah, that's fair. I think I got to be as logistic as possible and, um, and, and non-biased right now. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to take the under on that. I think that, that 
that I think that the players around him are going to be able to elevate him um, because of, and I think that the players around him are going to be able to rack up yardage for him. Hence why he's going to total over in my book, over 3,200. Um, Cause we've seen players like Darnold to do this, um, not to that almost just shy of that level, but 24 tutties in the NFL is that's a lot. And yeah, I think a little under that, maybe 22, 23. Yeah, no, and um, the last thing you put on was over under, I think, 12 interceptions. I'm going mean, to take the under on interceptions. I think Wilson's going to be smart, and he's not going to, you know, just throw the ball away because he could use his legs a lot. So I feel like he won't make as many mistakes in the air as Darnold, and, you know, that's one of the main reasons why he went number two was his lack of turnovers. So I'll, I'll say I'll say a good uh, eight, maybe interceptions, and that would be a good season for him. So overall, you'd say like 3,000 yards, right? Uh, mm-hmm. 22 touchdowns and eight picks? Yeah, somewhere around that realm. Uh, you know, it's pretty good. It's a, good, it's a great rookie season. And, you know, obviously – you know, he's number two pick in the draft. He's going to be gassed up. He's in New York. But he's got that energy. He's got that. So I would, that makes me want to root for him. So that's my prediction on him. Do you think Zach Wilson will be better than a Baker Mayfield? <sighs> he has the potential to be. But Baker Mayfield and the Browns could make a, like a real Super Bowl push in the next you know, couple seasons. So it's going to be a while until we talk about them in the same breath. But eventually I could see them being on par with the same amount of, you know, talent, leadership, and ability. You know, I don't think we'll see Wilson and all those progressive and Hulu commercials, but we could see him talent-wise the same. Yeah, no, I agree. If Wilson could even be the same conversation as him in the next couple of years, I'll be happy. You know, I'm not – I'm not looking for a top. I mean, obviously, I'm not expecting a top 10, top five quarterback. I'm not expecting a Herbert shoot up in my performance. But, um, but yeah, for me, I think like, I think I'm going to take the under for his interceptions solely because of the fact that, you know, he threw three touchdowns with BNY in, in 2018, followed by nine picks and then three picks in 2020. So his ability to not turn the ball over in a very similar system, um, I think that it's going to translate into the NFL. I don't think that he's turnover prone like a Sam Darnold that we dealt with. So ultimately, I think that he's going to total over to over 3,200 yards due to the talent around him, the the fast playmakers in the slot able to carry and move. Elijah Moore's. I think he's going to do very well for himself. Corey Davis, like we said before, um, and then I think I'm going to take the under for. Uh, 24 uh, tutties simply because of the fact that, you know, he is a rookie in the NFL and it's hard to put up those, those numbers. And I, I'd probably say 3,200 yards, maybe 23 touchdowns, uh, eight picks. And that's what I got for Zach Wilson. And if he does that round of applause for him. Yeah. Hats off. Does that, you know, moving on to the other QB in New York, Daniel Jones entering his third season. You know, this is the make it or break it season for him. 
in my opinion. His uh, highest yards in a season was his first season with uh, 3,027 yards. Um, and last year was a you know a down year offensively for him through the air. You know, had 100 less yards. You know, a big drop in amount of touchdowns. He had, you know, 13 less touchdowns. And, you know, you expect him to have more maybe with Saquon missing for the duration of the season, more passing time, you know, chances. But, no, he had, you know, 13 less touchdowns. And, you know, the one thing that Daniel Jones showed last season was his toughness. He played through a couple of, you know, injuries down the stretch, won a crucial game against the Cowboys where it was up to the football team versus the Eagles to determine our fate for the playoffs. You know, even our record was five and nine, we had a chance to get into the playoffs, and that was his doing. But this season, we have upgraded our offense, and it's another season under Coach Joe Judge. And I truly, truly, for Daniel Jones, fully, you know, anticipate and expect from him at this point, you know, over 3,200 yards and about 24 touchdowns again because he needs to get better every season. We want to see that trend. Last year was a down year. He fixed his turnovers, though. He was much better at that. But, again, this is make or break a year because we given him the offense, Saquon's back. It's up to him to orchestrate it. Yeah, I could definitely see Daniel Jones going over 3,200 yards. I mean, he's came very shy with lack of talent. I mean, if you look in 2019, his rookie season, his best season, uh, 3,027 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Obviously, he's displaying the fact that, you know, he's turned the ball over a little bit. But um, ultimately, if you look at what the Giants have done, They have done everything in their power to surround him with ammunition. I mean, Kenny Galladay, in which some may say a top 10 wide receiver, um, Kadarius Toney, and it's going to be very interesting to see what he can do because we know that he's a Mm -hmm. burner. Uh, Tyreek-esque. I know that you're you're pretty happy to have him on the squad. I mean, you got Mm -hmm. John Ross, the the fella who who had, you know, the who broke the the CJ2K uh, 40-yard dash combine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kelvin Benjamin, um, Starling Shep, Darius Slayton. So there are some absolute dogs, like some legitimate dogs. We have legitimate receivers on this team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a legitimate wide receiving core. Like this, this is like, I know I was talking up the Jets wide receiver core, but this is a legitimate wide receiving core. Um, And because of you have a true wide receiver one that we've seen, um, someone that, you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, has has had a lot of success with. So mm-hmm. I think ultimately 3,200 yards definitely is in his range. Daniel Jones, um, I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the under for what is it, 24 touchdowns? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna take the under for that. Um, okay. I still think that Daniel Jones is gonna struggle. I don't think that. I I really, in my personal belief, I don't know if he's your guy. I, I don't think he is, and I don't. <laughs> And I don't think that, you know, that's necessarily the worst thing to even interpret because, you know, in the NFL, you need players, you need quarterbacks. And we've mm-hmm. seen this with the Niners, right? Someone who has Jimmy G. Yeah. Um, we've seen players and organizations that need to move on 
because they need to find someone that can elevate their team to the next level. That's how you win Super Bowls in today's world. Um, I don't see that with Daniel Jones in my personal belief. Um, I think that Jones will go out and give it his all. You know, I hope that, and the Giants hope that he will pick and critique and fix these turnover issues. But I definitely think that you guys will see a decent play in him. And it's going to have to come down to a 2020-2021 Joe Douglas, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson debate, um, depending – because you guys will have the ammunition. That's the thing that I liked mm-hmm. about what you know your GM has done. You guys can trade up now. Um, so, yeah. Jared, what do you think about that? I mean, that's – you know, you pointed out when we made that trade with the Bears that it's a, kind of like a Daniel Jones backup if he, uh, you know, struggles – he, we have that pick, you know, that extra first round pick now that we could use to trade up next year and try to get the top guy. So I think Jones feels that. And I don't think Jones wants that. So it's really going to be on him because I expect this team to be in playoff contention. And I think they expect it too after, you know, tasting it last year. Yeah, there's no excuse for Daniel Jones this season and I think he knows that and these NFL GMs have a lot shorter shorter temper when it comes to NFL quarterbacks we've seen divorces happen in the NFL with their head coach GMs front office and their rookie quarterbacks in which they just drafted a couple years ago Um, it's you know GMs are trigger trigger happy when it comes to moving on in today's society in the NFL so I think Daniel Jones is his make-or-break season, and he has the talent around him. And ultimately, if they aren't able to get to the postseason, I think it'll fall on him. I agree. He will take us there, or he will deter us from the postseason. So it's really, you know, I'm going to say it until the season starts, is make-it-or-break season. And how many turnovers do you think you'll have? What, what's the over-under for nine uh, or 12 picks? I'm hoping. I'm going to be optimistic. Under 12. Some of the picks – he had uh, 10 picks last year. Some of the games I was watching, at least two of them weren't his fault. Two of them were Evan Ingram tip balls. So, you know, I'm hoping the drops are less this year. With this, we you know our receiving core. So I'm gonna say eight. And you know, if he throws picks in the air, fine. Um, you know, that's gonna happen to quarterbacks. You know, we want him to air it out more. But really, we can't have is those fumble. And you know, he got sacked 45 times last year. So, you know, <laughs> that's not good. And you know, hopefully the line. Comes together, Andrew Thomas bounces back, Nate Soldier still there. Hopefully, we bounce back and, you know, protect our guy. If he gets sacked only, you know, 30, 25 times, it's a big improvement. Thank you guys for listening to episode 28 of the NY Fly Zone podcast. Make sure to subscribe at NY Fly Zone on TikTok, Twitter. And check out our new YouTube channel. We got a new video uploaded. Jets free agency pump up video. 
We're gonna start posting videos there too. Yeah. You know, we're gonna start using YouTube more because you know that's the new wave. Brandon will fix his camera hopefully soon so you can see our face. But yeah, thanks for listening. As Brandon said, follow us on the socials. And yeah, you know, keep having a lit summer. Peace. Peace. Thank you. This has been the NY Fly Zone Podcast. We drop every Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Music. Follow us on Instagram at NY Fly Zone. Baby, he the hero. I'm the voice, but baby, he the hero. But baby, he the hero. I wasn't even trying to be no idol. I put niggas on and all of a sudden they feel entitled. But the barber's only, you only get this kid when you got a title. I'm exhausted, I've been working shift to shift, but I keep fighting. Not my fault if I don't meet your likeness. And I'm still sitting still. We the ones for real, for real. I just got 200 for a while.